What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we discuss the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From the independent scene to NXT, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspectives, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in all of pro wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. Shut the hell up! This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean McChesney and CJ Palmisano. All right, let's get to it. Episode number two. Number two. Of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. And we're all over the place already. Sean McChesney, CJ Palmisano, your host. A lot of wrestling talk to get to today, CJ. Yes. We are days away from NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 and SummerSlam. We are going to preview and predict both pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. A lot of news in the independent wrestling circuit already. Obviously, there was a tweet sent out by Chris Jericho. Was it yesterday or... Uh, yesterday or early yesterday morning. Yeah, about him being a free agent next year, so we it can... said next year's going to be very... Uh, don't know the exact quote, but next year's going to be very interesting. Uh, free agent Jericho 2019. Exactly, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, we will discuss in a little bit of detail all in is next week, or in a couple of weeks, excuse me. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. The card is basically summed up, set, ready to go for Chicago in a couple of weeks. Almost. I mean, every week, about. Every week on Being the Elite, they announce like a new match, but the card should be almost done. I think maybe they only have a few more matches to announce. Right, so we'll discuss all that and more, but I know you wanted to open this up, and we're going to save WWE and NXT for last. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know we wanted to open up with this, and it's the uh, CM Punk Cole Cabana lawsuit. Yeah, Um, isn't it great when friends sue each other? Yeah, absolutely. So you promise not to sue me? Uh, it depends if we ever make money off this. Okay, well, if I better I mean, hope, people hate the fact that we're doing this anyway, so... I better hope you get to the CM Punk level of success than I can be Cabana and sue you. I mean, okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so we'll discuss that, and I know you have the, the story with you, so... Yeah, I pretty much have it in front of me, so... Yeah, so it, I'm not as familiar with it as you are, so if you want to take it from here... Yeah, I mean, I, I like to claim myself as a CM Punk aficionado (laughs) (laughs) all positive and negative uh, news but anyway so uh, for those people who don't know CM Punk uh, left or was fired however you want to view in the fence he left from yeah uh, but he was sent pink slips on his wedding day Uh, but that's that's besides the point so uh, he was on the Art of Wrestling podcast which is uh, I just fell down this stupid (laughs) thing I'm just gonna sit on the floor now anyway uh, he was on the Art of Wrestling podcast his former best friend Colt Cabana uh, did a two part episode as to explaining why he left WWE in the first place. Right. There were many other things, you know, him working hurt, um, you know, he wanted a WrestleMania main event, and Vince promised him that, and he didn't get it. It was a lot of things, so it's on YouTube. You can find it. Anyway, 
So he the big thing from that story is that CM Punk says that Dr. Chris Mann, head doctor of the WWE staff, in, at least in the trainer's room, mm-hmm. he misdiagnosed a staph infection, which Punk later found out shortly after he left WWE. Um, a man recently sued Punk and Cabana, which Punk and Cabana won that lawsuit uh, for defamation. And uh, a while ago, before this happened, before the lawsuit was first made, Dr. Chris Amann emailed Cole Cabana asking him to take the podcast down. Right. Cabana te- texted Punk. Punk said, don't do it. Then uh, a man text, uh, sorry, emailed Cabana again with this time uh, with legal actions if they do not take it down. Mm-hmm. He told Punk about it. Punk said, don't worry about it. The lawsuit happens. And pretty much uh, Punk told Cabana that his legal fees would be 100% covered. So Punk told Cabana that his fees were going to be covered by him. Yes, by him and Punk's legal team. Right. Okay. So I have a quote in front of me here. Uh, Cole Cabana has filed a lawsuit against Punk in Cook County Circuit Court for breach of contract and fraud. Oh, good. Colt's suit uh, alleges that Punk promised to help him out with the legal bills from the uh, defamation suit. Colt claims Punk told him that he would be 100% covered in a text message. Punk has allegedly failed to keep that promise, and Colt, uh, and Colt now has unpaid legal bills totaling of $513,736. So, so just to cut you off so I can understand, what happened was... Punk said he would cover his bills. He never did. And that's what Punk at is being first, sued for? Uh, at first, yes. Punk said that he would cover Cabana's legal legal bills. Right. For whatever reason, he changed his mind. But this is all in, like, you know, legal contract stuff. Right. Um, and later says, Punk asked Cabana to pay half of the legal fees, which would be 256868 allegedly saying, you're on your own. Right. Um... And this is apparently is a text from Punk to Cabana. To the day I have spent $513,736 on this Aman lawsuit. Punk wrote in an email, oh, an email, according to Colt, my outstanding current bill is at least 300K. Half of this is yours. Divide that 513,736 by two, and that is what you owe me and what I expect you to pay me. Starting now, I will no longer be paying for your bills. You are on your own. Whatever my bill is curr- currently will be cut in half, and half will be yours. If you choose to make this ugly, that's all fine, too. I hope you won't, but I gave up on, do- on you doing what is right a long time ago. And this was Cabana to Punk or Punk to Cabana? This is Punk to Cabana. Okay. The lawsuit claims Punk acted with fraud, malice, and oppression towards Colton with the uh, deliberate intention of causing Colton harm. Colton is asking for $200,000 in general damages plus $1 million in punitive and exemplary damages according to the lawsuit filing. These two need to get in an octagon. That's number one. <laughs> um, so, really, isn't, isn't it funny how things turn out? You know, it, realistically, you, you look back three years ago, the story comes out of what happened with CM Punk on Cole Cabana's podcast. Yeah. And now the two can't stand each other. Now Cole Cabana is suing for more money than you and I are ever going to see in our entire lives. I just think this is more or less on CM Punk. And I said earlier, kind of like a joke, I like to be like a punk aficionado on what goes on with him. 
But in all seriousness, he he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and I think he's one of the best of all time. Just even in the short run that he did yeah. before he left, because if you cut out everything he did prior to that, you know, pipe bomb uh, promo, it's still great stuff. That's Hall of Fame worthy. I think he was just so jaded and uh, had such a negative view on the business at that point that he just wanted to isolate himself from anybody that had to do professional wrestling. Right. The Young Bucks claim that they're still friends with him. And I think if you look on his Twitter, he still follows Matt Jackson. But the thing is, he follows very few wrestlers. I don't think he, right. fo- I don't think he follows anybody who's involved with WWE I now. I think he did at one point follow Cena. I don't know if he did, but I know he doesn't now. Well, yeah, for sure now. Right. But the thing is... Uh, He's kind of just alienated himself from wrestling. And, you know, we have no idea what that schedule is like personally. I know it can be very stressful, you know, working that schedule and then being asked so much of you and you you promise these Mm -hmm. things and you're not and you don't get them. Right. So I understand why he left in the sense. But at the same time, you don't have to be, you know, kind of a dick to everybody who was who considered you as a friend i just feel like that you know alienating yourself from those people is not mm. a good thing and especially to, because you know like we just said when he came out and told the story he went and told it to cole cabana his best friend at the time yeah apparently his views was he didn't want to do it on any other podcast people who had agendas apparently Right. I think Jericho took that to heart a little bit when he Jericho took it to heart. I know Edge and Christian weren't happy about it. Well, Edge and Christian didn't have a podcast. Oh, that that's point. right. They didn't have a podcast then. No, they've only had a podcast for about a year. I'm a five second hoser. I've been <laughs> since day one. Um, but yeah, like he didn't want to do anybody else. He did Cabana because he trusted Cabana. They were best friends. Right. Um, but in the end, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know CM Punk personally, obviously, but. I don't think it's right to screw over somebody who you consider best friend. Apparently, they didn't. Be, they stopped being friends in the first place because Cabana was backstage at a, like at a Raw, uh, Monday Night Raw or something, and he was taking pictures and stuff on his Instagram or Twitter, and Punk got pissed at him for that. Yeah, he wasn't happy about that because was they, that in Chicago or was that just any, anywhere random? I don't know where it was, but but I know it happened, and uh, Punk got pissed. They stopped following each other on Twitter, and that was when the lawsuit that Chris Mann had filed was ongoing when it was, you know... In well, the that's pro- probably in the why, process. because Punk probably thought that, you know, the, the lawsuit was ongoing. He wasn't in support of his best friend for him being there in the same place. So it, it, maybe it had something to do with that. I don't know. Again, you and I wouldn't know. We're just here giving our opinion about it. But at the same time, Cabana can have friends who are in WWE. Of course. I mean, a lot of those guys worked with him in Ring of Honor and New Japan and all of those places. He's, Cabana's probably worked with half of that roster. Uh, probably. You, you think Smackdown about it. Raw. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, you know, Ricochet, Adam Cole. He's worked with all those guys. I mean, AJ Styles, Seth AJ Rollins, Styles, Tyler Seth Black, Rollins, Dean Ambrose is John Moxley. Right. He's worked a lot of these He's guys. He's worked with all of them. So you're right. Maybe maybe more than half the roster Cole Cabana has worked with. So, you know, why, why not go to a Raw or a SmackDown and take pictures with your buddies? At the end of the day, I think you're right. I think this has a lot to do with CM Punk just alienating himself from wrestling. And obviously there are speculations of if he or maybe, and obviously he's not going to show up at All In, but of course the rumors fly. I think if he showed up at All In now, he would get a very overwhelming negative response because here's another thing to that story. At a recent Progress show in Chicago, I think the ring announcer had, had said something in the lines of uh, Chicago, the home, uh, hometown of CM Punk. The crowd booed, and they started a Colt Cabana chant. So if there were any plans of CM Punk showing up at All In, 
I think those plans are now scrapped. Are scrapped. And, you know, and, and that's Ring of Honor. I think if he went back to WWE, he'd be cheered and welcomed back with open arms. But when you think I don't about... Know. You, you think about, I'm, I'm with you with Ring of Honor, but I think... Everybody in WWE is still hopeful that he'll come back one day, especially now that his UFC career, as of Dana White's words, are done. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, he shouldn't have done UFC to begin with. I agree. I mean, again, I'm a huge Punk fan. I've always defended him in a bunch of things, even when he doesn't look the best in the situation. Um, but this is something I can't defend Punk on. He kind of looks like a dick. I still love him as a wrestler. He'll be ever be forever one of my favorite wrestlers. Well, the work he's done. Uh, he absolutely looks terrible in this. Absolutely looks terrible. Sorry, Punk. I know you're not listening, but I'm just throwing the apology. I don't out think there. anybody's listening. <laughs> I, I'll be com I'll be completely honest with you right there. I don't think anybody's listening. Well, we know CM Punk isn't for sure. No, and I don't think Cole Cabana is either. But you know. Just to quickly wrap up on that story, you know, you're right. Punk, I think, does look like, you know, if, if there was such thing as a real life heel, this is what he looks like right now for promising mm -hmm. a friend to help out and then basically saying you're on your own. You know, what else is your former best friend supposed to do? For you to get mad that Cole Caban is still friends with half the Ring of Honor roster that went to the WWE and he's taking pictures with them backstage, that's kind of childish, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, it is a little childish. At the end of the day, it comes down to the fact of you two were in this together. You both were threatened, and now all of a sudden you're going at it with one another. And, you know, like you said, CJ, as much as I love him, I have to put all the blame here on CM Punk. Yeah, at the end of the day, you just, um, I mean, you guys are friends, and you're willing to throw away a friendship like that? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on yes, um, sure. to a better topic, and that is a tweet that Chris Jericho sent out, I believe, last night, saying that he will be a free agent in 2019. I don't know if it was last night. I saw it last it, night. Yeah, that's when you sent it to me. Um, I could probably pull it up. But basically what he said was it's, it's hashtag uh, free agent Jericho 2019, whatever that was. But you... Okay, so here it is. 2019 is going to be an interesting year, hashtag free agent Jericho. Uh, Matt Jackson replied to it, money, and I guess uh, an emoji of signing something. Then Cody replied with a football emoji. I said he should go to the NHL. <laughs> and then some fan replied saying, Jericho, you're going to the XFL? No. like as Maybe a, he is as going a, to the XFL. Oh, God. <laughs> He's going to own a team. He might. I don't know. I mean, but what we've seen with Chris Jericho, and we talked about this last week, CJ, he is able to evolve himself every single time that he or anybody feels that he needs a character change. And he's able to do it 10 times better than the time he did it previously. I don't know how Jericho is just constantly... He, he's constantly making himself... Uh, keeps himself relevant. He reinvents himself all the time. I think his New Japan stuff is the best stuff he's done in years. Mm -hmm. And if you keep going backtracking to the stuff he's done prior, people say that the list Jericho is stuff with Kevin Owens is the best. Then you go prior to that, that his work with Shawn Michaels is the best. I mean, the guy just constantly outdoes himself. Exactly. And obviously, you know, this could lead to a WWE contract, could lead to a Ring of Honor contract, Impact. There's a lot of things going on. Obviously, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact are going to be involved with the cruise in October, which we'll talk about more at a later date. I think for sure he's going to go to Impact at some point. I think he has to to make it. And not saying he has to be there for the next five, ten years. He could go for a couple of months to promote the cruise. I think you're going to see him in Impact before October. Well, his good friend Don Callis, a.k.a. Cyrus the Virus, a.k.a. the Jackal, back in uh, WWF in the Attitude Era, uh, he's one of Jericho's oldest friends in the business. And uh, he is the head uh, booker, I believe, in, in uh, Impact Wrestling. Right. 
So Jericho will do anything to help his friend. In fact, Don Callis is the one who got Jericho to go to Japan in the first place because he asked Jericho, what would you think about wrestling Kenny Omega at, at Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome? And Jericho was legitimately interested. Right. Um, didn't he, like, hit a code breaker on Don Callis the night he got there? Yeah, he did hit a code breaker on Which him. is really ironic, to be honest. It was very funny. Yeah, it was. But, you know, like we said, I mean, you know, Jericho can really, he has the opportunity to go anywhere and accelerate. Whether that is Ring of Honor, whether that's back to the WWE, whether that's New Japan, whether that's Impact Wrestling. And really, and again, you know, for him to promote the cruise, I think he's going to be an Impact one way or another yeah. in September. September, October, before the cruise, I think he's going to be there at some point because some Impact guys are involved in the cruise. I mean, Impact is part of the deal. So I think it would be a good business decision for him to show up on Impact sometime in September or October. He doesn't have to stay there, but he should be there. Um, and then come 2019, really, who knows? I mean, if if it's a Chris Jericho that the world wants, Vince, number one, will be calling with the most money, number one. Number two. I don't think it matters how much money Vince will give him. I think Jericho just loves what he's doing right now. Now that he's not working with WWE, mm-hmm. I don't think. I think money has to be somewhat of an issue. I'm, Do you I'm, think Vince would offer him the most money? Vince probably could offer him the most money, but he's probably enjoying the fact that he gets to do this without Vince McMahon over his head. Right, because Jericho has created freedom to do what he wants, and, and like you said last week, when he was uh, he was podcasting with, I believe, um, was it Doc and Gallows, or he he did the, the Talk and Shop podcast that Gallows and Anderson used to do in Japan, and they've done episodes on Talk is Jericho. It was uh, Gallows and Anderson and Kurt Hawkins, and towards the end, they talked about uh, uh, his match with Omega, because at the time of the recording, it was the same night as Raw twenty five, so it was right. like a few weeks. They were all at the Barclays Center that night too. Yeah. It was like in the middle of the afternoon, and they were talking about it. And he says, like, you know, it was, I guess, you know, if you want to go back and listen to it, go back and listen to it. But he pretty much said it was great that he had creative freedom. Right. Like, uh, Gato, the head booker, had a few things to say, but he pretty much said, go out, go out and do what you want mm-hmm. and do what you can do because he knows Omega and Jericho are two of the best. Absolutely. And when we look at a guy like Chris Jericho, and again, he has the ability to be anybody he wants. And we talked about it last week. He doesn't need any approval from anybody in New Japan to do anything. He doesn't need no. any approval from Ring of Honor to do anything if he ends up going there. Impact, probably the same thing. Really, you're not going to see this heelish Chris Jericho on a WWE product. I mean, we already have proof. Mm-hmm. Whether that be Raw 25 or the Greatest Royal Rumble, which was just an overhyped live event. Yeah, it was um, just like a glorified house gl- show. Glorified house show, exactly. We saw that face Chris Jericho. Um and then all of a sudden, a few days later, he's back in New Japan, beating the crap out of everybody and giving the middle finger to the fans, saying, F you this and F you that. Um, you're not going to see that in WWE. And not saying that necessarily we should, because it would never happen in a million years. But no, but I'm loving the stuff he's doing in New Japan. I hope exactly. he's there for a long time. I, I have to agree with you. And, and the funny thing is, and a lot of people don't notice, the guy is 47 years old. 47 years old. He's, I think he's turning 48 soon, but yeah, you know, him and Christopher Daniels are the same age, and they still work at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Those two are nuts. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right on that, and you know, when and I'm just pulling up the NXT card, because we're going to talk about that in a minute, but what I do want to talk about with you, which just happened this week, uh, before we get into our TakeOver preview and predictions as well, SummerSlam, 
Ring of Honor New Japan did it. They sold, they out, the sold out the garden. They sold out Madison Square Garden probably with, I don't know what the exact time. I would assume a couple of hours. I was keeping tabs on this thing for a while. Uh, Ring of Honor had a lot of, I think at least about four uh, pre-sales they did. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started keeping up with it, I saw that they had sold 6,000 to 7,000 tickets. Next update, they had sold 12,000 pre-sales alone. There were only 2,000 tickets left. I'm sorry, 3,000 tickets left because it holds 15,000 people. Right. So the Friday when they won the general public, they sold it out. So they had 3,000 tickets left to sell to the public. Yes, because 12,000 had been sold in the pre-sales. That's absolutely amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So I guess we're going to have to go to TakeOver now because we're not getting in the garden. No, we're not. And I looked at tickets on stuff up currently. They're like over the like cheapest seats were like 345 yeah. or something like that. Yeah, no. I hope I hope the show does well, but unfortunately, I can't go. I would do seventy or eighty to go into the Barclays Center, and we, and what the main event is going to be now, we have zero idea. We won't know until Saturday night. Well, really, really quickly before we, I just want to keep talking about this a little bit. Right. Here's an interesting fact that's going to happen around that time. Who are some big names and the big reason as to why this show is happening in the first place? Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes, and the Young Bucks. They're all free agents. Yes, they will all be free agents. I almost mentioned Marty Skrull, but you just said free agents, but he's not going to be a free I think he'll mm-hmm. still be contract with Ring of Honor. This is a big thing. It's a big deal. Because a big reason why people bought these tickets is to see the Young Bucks and Kenny and Cody. And if they're not there? Well, here's my thing. What I think would happen if they decided to jump ship the WWE. Because I'm sure Kenny looks at a guy like AJ and sees like, well, if he's doing really well... I can do really well. I'm younger. Um, yeah, AJ's I've, 41 I've got, now, so AJ's in his 40s. Like Kenny's in his mid 30s. Like I can, ha- I could go there. I could be there for at least 10 years. Make make a lot of money. Get get a bigger name for myself. Same thing for the Bucks. But my thing is that I think the person who's most likely to go is Kenny Omega mm-hmm. because every single year after Wrestle, at least since Wrestle Kingdom 11, he signed a one year extension on his contract. Because there was things and goals he still wanted to do in New Japan. He wanted to become IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And he did. He did it. He wanted to team with Kota Ibushi again, bring back the Golden Lovers. He's doing it. And they have their own little group, the Golden Elite, the Bucks, Kenny, and Kota Ibushi. Uh, Love wins every yeah, time. <laughs> the only thing left Kenny can potentially do is main event the Tokyo Dome as IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And he'd be the first foreign guy, the first gaijin, I believe to main event as champion. And all he's got to do is make it to January. Yeah, that's all he's got to do. I think out of all those guys, Kenny is most likely to go. The Bucks probably, w- it's not unlikely that they would follow him. It's just, I feel like with the Bucks, they've had opportunities to jump ship, a lot of them already. Um, and they've stayed with Ring of Honor in New Japan. So, And I'm not saying that it, it can't happen, especially with... The fact that they're going to be in the garden, Vince is going to pull out the po- Vince is going to pull out the checkbook. Obviously, on this one, he's going to try at least. I think a big reason is that you know, looking at all in, looking at what these guys have done, the merch that they're selling and their their shirts are in hot topic. I'm one of the many marks who have bought so many of their shirts. <laughs> um, but the thing is, uh, it's be- they're making wrestling cool again. Wrestling it may not be as popular as it was back in like the the you know late 90s and early 2000s but you know there are so many more hardcore wrestling fans than there are 
casual wrestling fans who don't who watch almost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I think Kenny will probably go to WWE next year. The Bucks might follow him. Out of all of them, I think Cody's. I think he's just going to stay where he is. I some point I think he'll come back, but I don't think. They'll I be think able to it's sign too. Su- not that it's too soon for Cody Rhodes to come back, um, but it's again, like you said, it's one of those things where it's like I don't think he's ready yet. I think he's doing phenomenal. I think he's going to win the NWA Championship in two weeks. At all, I don't think he's getting. Not he's ready. He could totally be no, ready. I, I'm saying him physically, like he just left on not saying bad terms, but like. About two years ago. About two years ago, but you remember how he was when he left, and now yeah, he all of a sudden happy. he's he the, wasn't happy. He wasn't happy. Now he's this giant star. He's world. I mean, obviously he was world world round, but like he's getting opportunities now. He never got in the WWE, and he's doing the best work of his career. Absolutely. So I don't know if he's ready to go back to WWE yet. For that reason, I think there's a lot more still for him to do before we do see him go back. And I'm with you. I think he goes back. I just don't think it's for another couple of years. Yeah, I think it's going to be a while. Um, I actually think when Kenny goes and the Bucks go, you know, you potentially have Cody to lead the Bullet Club once they're gone. Or if all of them go, then I guess Tomatonga takes control. But I like this little storyline they're doing with the, you know, the firing squad and the elite, uh, the elite guys. Um, it's it's a great little story. But getting back a little bit to the Madison Square Garden self uh, show itself. It's a huge deal what these guys just did. Mm-hmm. This is groundbreaking, game-changing. Um, even if the Bucks and Kenny and Cody aren't there, even or you know most of them are, this is this doesn't change how historic this is. Yep, doesn't change a thing. What I'm actually scared about that night is how packed Penn Station's going to be. Oh, extremely. <laughs> I, I let's just walk home. At that point, <laughs> we might get home faster, but continue. Um, and we talked about Jericho a minute ago, with the poten- with the potential that the Bucks and Kenny and Cody might not be on this show. New Japan and Ring of Honor are going to do everything they can to try and get Jericho on this card. Absolutely. Like, they're definitely going to want Jericho on this card. They're going to want him in the main event. They got to start thinking now, like, what are we going to do? They need to start thinking of their backup plan at this point because the way I see it, and I think at the same thing, it's going to happen at All In. I think the same thing will happen um, at the show. Let's say all of them are there. Mm-hmm. I think the Bucks and Cody are going to be the double main event at All In, and I think you're going to see more of the same in the Garden. If they're not there, you're right. They have to start thinking. All right, who else can we have in this main event? Obviously, you know, we still have Jericho. We need to get him locked up for this card because knowing Vince, he's going to want him at the Rumble. He's going to want him at WrestleMania because it's going to be one of the biggest Royal Rumbles of all time. Mania is coming back to Jersey because it's not New York, people. It's Jersey. Yeah, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Check the location. It's on Google Maps. It says it right there. At Life Stadium. Anyway, East Rutherford, New even Jersey. though everything else is in Brooklyn. Anyway. <laughs> um to those but, who don't understand, that's a far distance. That's a very far distance. A couple of train rides, even. <laughs> Point is, they need to do everything they can to lock up what is going to be the main event. Because honestly, if, let's say, Cody, the Young Bucks, and Kenny are gone, people are going to start selling their tickets. That's true. No one's going to want to... Not saying that no one's going to want to go, and it's still going to be a great show. They're no, still going to make history. Regardless. But you're right. Those people, Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, are the reason that this thing sold out to begin with. If they're not there, Ring of Honor is going to be in trouble if they don't respond quickly. That's true. It's very true. Um, see the. By the way, did you see the video that Bully Ray put up outside the garden? No, I didn't. 
He uh, he did a promotional video for Ring of Honor about ECW never selling out the Garden, WCW, and all this stuff. It was pretty good. And then he quote tweets it going, in case any of you didn't figure it out, I sold out Madison Square Garden. <laughs> So it's like oh, he's got Bubba Ray he's got the humble. real he's got the real life persona on busted open, and then he still has to act like a heel on Twitter because of Ring of Honor, and it's it's a mess. It's one or the other with him. But by the way, he tried to retire like five times on TV. So yeah, well, when we were at Final Battle, we supposedly thought when him that and was Dreamer his last faced, match. That was his last match. But apparently, he's going to be wrestling on Jericho's cruise against Cheeseburger. Yeah. That's oh. absolutely amazing. Because or, I re- he, or he wrestled Cheeseburger recently. Do you remember? Show. We walked through the door, and I wanted Bully Ray on first. And every time that they promoted the next match, I'd be like, are you kidding? Can we get to the straight fight, please? That's all I really wanted to see, besides, obviously, the Young Bucks and the Ring of Honor World title match. That was what I really wanted to see. It was a New York City street fight with two ECW originals. I was like, something's going to be set on fire. So I was waiting for that all night. It and was fun. Exactly. You and I thought that was Bully Ray's last match. And then, yeah, here we are. Months later, I don't follow too much on on Bully Ray. Um, just, just uh, he's great on Busted Open. I'm sure he is. He's phenomenal. I'm sure he is. But um, why don't we move on to what the rest of the show is going to be? So let's discuss Takeover Brooklyn Four. Mm. We'll get to SummerSlam after that. So how this will work is we will preview the show, get to the predictions after, move on to the next show. So we'll start with Takeover Brooklyn Four. Bear with us, people. You and I are going to be there. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. And the main event has now been flipped upside down. So for those of you who do not know, Alistair Black did suffer a groin injury at a live event a few weeks ago. He did have to have surgery. He was written off the pay-per-view. Um, but I love the story what they're doing with I him. love the story with what they're doing because if it's you notice took out Alistair. If you notice in the full video, not only was Tommaso Champ in it, so was Johnny Gargano. Well, there are a lot of culprits in that video. You mm-hmm. have uh Undisputed Era driving away. Right. Uh you have Kona Reeves in another video just kind of like FaceTiming somebody, not even bothered. Um, the Forgotten Sons, I think their names are. Yeah. They're another faction. I don't think they've had an NXT TV debut, but they've been on the, all the live events. The fact that Johnny was in the video has a lot he of was, speculation. He was in the first one. Right. If you've looked, he's he's not Johnny wrestling the perky, you know, baby face. You know, he got out guy. of there. He's, re- yeah, he got out of there really quick, and he's been acting really, like, if you watch the NXT, the last moments of the NXT episode where Regal announced the triple threat, you look at Gargano's face, he looks all bugged out and crazy, like, because I think the story we're doing with him is that he is slowly, he's becoming what he's, he's becoming Ch- uh, Champa. He's becoming Champa, yep. Like, he's becoming obsessed with him because he lost to Champa. Mm-hmm. Where Champa became obsessed with Gargano when he lost the first time. When he lost in New Orleans. So we're seeing a slight character change with Johnny Gargano. What is interesting about this, CJ, and we, we, predicted the whole rivalry a few weeks ago that no longer exists the rivalry realistically could be over in 48 hours realistically they could do it but what what's interesting about it is we're going to walk into the Barclays Center without a clue what's going to happen in that last man standing match and for no notice whatsoever for them to pull last man standing bravo by Triple H bravo it's great for that, because you and I said it, they said if there was a possibility for them to go one on one again, it cannot be a regular match. No. So that was everybody's biggest fear when the rumors were Aleister Black is not going to be on the pay per view. We were like, well, are they going to replace him with somebody? Everybody else that you could is on the card, number one. Number two, they can't go in a regular match. So how are they going to be able to pull off a huge stipulation when all the tapings happened? And then all of a sudden, 
they did. Last I, I man think standing. The uh, some people were speculating, like rumors online. They said maybe get uh, Keith Lee. He just debuted in NXT um, in a in a pretty good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's rumors that Matt Riddle has signed a three year contract with WWE in NXT. And the rumors of you get Matt Riddle. Some rumors are saying that Matt Riddle's the one who attacked Aleister Black. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, honestly, I don't think anybody else would have made sense replacing Aleister Black because it, 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 like, if Regal had announced, like, okay, we still want this to be a triple threat match, we're going to throw uh, Keith Lee or we're going to throw uh, uh, Cassius Ono, uh, like, it doesn't make any sense that for was either really one of those the, guys to go really in. That was really the only one that I was like, oh, no. I was like, maybe. But like, put it this way. This were a year ago. Adam Cole would have been a great fit to debut in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but And that's the other thing. I'm thinking, is there anybody that they have signed? They're waiting to cash they're, they're in really, on. There really There's wasn't. nobody. So it was like, all right. Everybody's gonna... in a certain rivalry or spot right now. And at that point, Triple H is probably thinking, right, they got to go one-on-one again. But how are we going to do this? Last man standing was perfect. Because yeah. now... Even though I still think Champa's going to walk out, I really have no idea. No, anything can happen on Saturday night. Now anything could. Like we could see. I mean, I think Gargano's going to go to a very, very dark place on uh, on this weekend. He, I, I don't know how they're going to do it. How they're going to topple these matches because you know you saw the first one, it was amazing, and then they're going to do it again. You kind of, some people, maybe myself included, a little bit like, wow, they're doing it again so soon. Some people may argue that the second one was better than the first. I would say it was. Um, I kind of like the first one a little bit better, but it, it still made me go, wow, holy holy crap, this is amazing. How they're going to outdo these past two matches is insane. Again, it is a little soon to have... Gar- it's very soon to have the third one, I do agree, but, but under these circumstances, yeah, they have no under choice. under the circumstances with Aleister Black, and, and it sucks too because I'm a big Aleister Black fan as and, well. And you and I have even said this is the perfect way to give the one-on-one rivalry a break, but mm-hmm. keep, them at, keep them at, you know, each other's, you know, distance. And, you know, we said last week, we said if the triple threat champ was going over... We don't know if Champ is going over on Saturday anymore because normally the third match means the finale. Is this the finale? Are they going to drag this on to April? Again, you and I are not going to know until we walk out of the doors of the Barclays Center. I think that... I don't know. I, I, I think at some point this this feud can continue. Um, but, um, yeah, I, it's maybe they could take a break after this. It could end after this. Could have a takeout afterwards. Maybe the first taping. Who knows? Could be something. Could be something. Uh, But put it this way, I think we're in for a surprise no matter who wins, to be honest. I think so, too. Because now it's like, you know, like I said, if if this was the triple threat, it would have been the perfect break from the actual rivalry without getting out of the actual rivalry, if that makes any sense. But now with Aleister Black out of the picture for real reasons because everyone was like oh he's not really hurt I'm like no he's really hurt like he's confirmed he had surgery this is real the takeout video was planned but in the meantime it's still a good it's kind of a blessing in disguise for Aleister Black because even though he's hurt and he's not part of the card he still has this we still have this interesting story of who Who took out Aleister Black uh, and one of my favorite uh, funniest things from the entire video there's they show a video of uh, when the first video they show heavy machinery and then they show video from heavy machinery where Otis Dozovich just just staring over and just goes, Allie! Allie! <laughs> He's just trying to wonder what's going on. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's uh, go away from that for a little bit. Let's talk about a little bit of the rest of the card. Uh, to me, the match that I think is going to open the show, I think it's going to be Adam Cole and Ricochet. 
I think that's the be- that's one of the best ways I think they can actually get the crowd going. I think you either do that or you do the tag match. One either way, I think the Undisputed Era is involved in the opening match. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about that for a little bit. Adam Cole, Ricochet for the North American Championship. Adam Cole, baby. So, realistically, obviously, Ricochet just came over. Adam Cole, they actually, now that I think about it, Undisputed Era, this is their one-year anniversary in the WWE on Saturday night. As far as uh, the group as a whole, the three original guys, Cole, O'Reilly, and Fish, yeah, it's it's been the one year since the group has been... Uh, in NXT right. and Fish is on TV all the time anyway, so he's still there. Yeah, I love I love that I love that that Fish is still involved in the group even though he's hurt. But knowing most wrestlers, like you know, like oh damn, I'm hurt. I thought I'd get time off. I still have to come to TV. Right. But but the thing is, like all these guys are having fun. It's it's a tried and uh, pride and true uh, Ring of Honor faction. Right. Having Cole O'Reilly and and uh, and Roderick Strong on Fish too. Don't forget about Bobby Fish. Right. But yeah. Um, this is good. Adam Cole, I think... Um, Baby. But he's he's just on fire. Not just the Undisputed Era themselves, because I think, other than this Gargano-Champa feud, they're the hottest thing going in the in the, in the the brand, I think, in all of WWE. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as a faction goes, they're my favorite faction in WWE. Is it safe to say that they created the North American Championship just for Adam Cole? It's safe to say, but... I think because because he's because really what's going on right now is by the time he gets called up, I don't think he's ever going to have a run with the NXT title. Not that he needs it; he's just never going to have a run. No, with it. he doesn't need it. I mean, it'd be great because uh, because when he beat down Drew McIntyre last year, take over Brooklyn three, we thought that was it. Yeah, but you know, I think but uh, then War Games happened. Yeah, he got injured and almost had the championship, which was great for Almas. I never thought Almas would win a title ever, mm-hmm. but he's doing great right now. But getting back on track to Adam Cole. Yeah, I think the North American Championship was pretty much made for Adam Cole. So, uh, because, again, plans with the NXT Championship, they want Aleister Black to have it, and now with Champa, I think Triple H is thinking to himself, like, you know, so much talent was coming into NXT that they kind of needed to have... They didn't have enough to go around. Yeah. Uh, I was always under the impression of just like, eh, you know, the NXT title's fine. You have... The, the UK championship, just make that your mid-card title. But apparently mm-hmm. they had bigger plans with that with NXT UK. Now they have the North American championship. I'm like, you know what? I like this. The title looks beautiful. I I, it's, I think it's lovely. Great-looking title. I think the night he won it, which was hilarious, by the way, because he had to go into the tag title match, too, and he didn't want to. Yeah, and I think, again, even still, uh, Cole having to do the ladder match, that was, I think, like during the tapings or something, that's when Fish got hurt. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Cole- it was a live event, actually. Yeah, it was a live event, but on the taping, but with how NXT is done, they kind of try to make you think it's in real time. So even though if O'Reilly, uh, if uh, Fish got hurt at a live event, they're not going to say that until your the tapings are caught up in real time. Right, and that's exactly what they did with uh, with Aleister Black. As soon as the last taping aired, they had the exclusive online of him being attacked outside. Mm-hmm. Which, they, realistically, it's funny because you, you have the tapings done in advance, and now it's like, all right, let's call everybody to work to shoot this five-minute scene so we can catch everybody up everybody on current was, events. Everybody was pretty much in the same thing that they wore. Like, Regal exactly. was in the same suit that he probably wore, like, three or four weeks prior. Regal was probably just like, oh, come on. <laughs> Hunter, are you serious? Are you serious right now? Good God, I have to get that dry cleaned. Oh, God. Tonight? Damn it. <laughs> 
Johnny's like, come on, I was enjoying vacation. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, you're right. I mean, and, and that's, personally, I think NXT is going to go live at some point. I it do it think has that. to. It has to at some point. They had the one night only USA Network special, and I, I thought at that point they were going on TV for good. I like them on the network, to be honest, but like, just make them live now. Like, come on. Yeah, but I think that's like a discussion for another day. Yeah, it is for another day. But I, I, we've talked about this card before, CJ. It's a pretty stacked card. Uh, the women's championship I'm looking forward to. Really, in your opinion. Well, we didn't even talk about Ricochet. A Ricochet. I'm sorry, we haven't even talked about Ricochet. The thing is, I think uh, he's been, he's just been so amazing. Um, I remember when the Will Ospreay Ricochet match happened. A buddy of mine. Uh, all he's, I think all he really saw, I actually, I know all he really saw because I send him matches all the time to watch. And if you're listening to this pal, you know who you are. Uh, and he hasn't watched them just recently. He told me like, Oh, like I think a year ago, a year after it came out. Oh yeah. I finally watched Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. I'm like, dude, that match came out a year ago. It was ironic. I watched that this morning. I love that. Just cause I love you, buddy. If you're listening, but come on, keep up anyway. Um, that clip, he's, and I remember him like in a gr- our group chat, just going like, "Oh, that's stupid." You know, I'm all high flyers are great and everything, but when you do that, you know, superhero crap, it doesn't work. All this flippy crap, it's not, it's it's not wrestling. It's it's not good. It's just it's just useless. Uh, the match itself has good and bad qualities. And then when the North American Championship match happened, he did watch all of Takeover, and I asked him, "So who did you think out of that match?" stood out the most to you he's like ricochet for sure yeah he's like i've never seen anybody do anything like that before and he was amazing when a guy can do a suicide dive over the top rope and land on his two feet on the floor that's a 10 foot drop yeah that's impressive one of my favorite spots from that i'm sorry and a flip (laughs) yeah from that ladder match is that i think it was either lars sullivan or killian dane who tips the ladder over he just glances over to his shoulder and then just does a backflip onto like EC3 or Velveteen mm-hmm. Dream, I think, or both of them. I'm just like, what? That, that's just insane. The, I think Ricochet is by far one of the best wrestlers in the world today, and I think this is a perfect match and a perfect spot for him to sh- uh, show what he can really do. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, and whether he, he wins it or not, and we'll get to that in a second, and he really doesn't have to, I think these two are going to steal the show. At some point, like I, whether they're on yeah, this first, could be the they're show on stealer. second, really doesn't matter. And I'm talking besides Champa Gargano because they, they could have the best match of all three of them on Saturday in the main event. But True. when you look at a one-on-one match for a championship, you got Adam Cole, Ricochet. I've been wanting to see these two go at it since Ricochet debuted. Now we're finally going to get that opportunity. You got a guy like Adam Cole who can steal the show and be the best on the card every single night, and a guy like Ricochet that. You hurt yourself just thinking about the things that he can do. So It's amazing how he's hasn't hurt himself, as far as I know. Yeah, he will. But for now. Um, I, hope, I hope not. Stay, I hope, he- I hope stay not. healthy, Ricochet. But at the end of the day, I mean, you can't ask for a better combination between these two. I think no, they're going to have great chemistry in the ring. I think it's going to be one of the best matches of the night, maybe the best match of the night. Um, and then predictions we'll get to later, but... I'm very excited for that match. And like I said, I hope it goes on first. Yeah. Uh, the Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane, I'm really looking forward to because... May Young Classic rematch. May Young Classic rematch. And if you heard Baszler's comments, she goes, this is not a rematch. I'm a different person since then. You're a different person since then. Baszler I'm, has gotten... I'm much more dangerous So much better, yeah. better promos. 
No, honestly, you know, since she arrived in NXT, a lot better with promos, a lot better with building up her character. Um, she has risen to the top of the NXT women's division a lot faster than I thought she was going to. Mm -hmm. And really, I think you finally put Kyrie Sane in a, in a spot to succeed since winning the Mae Young Classic. I really didn't think she got that much push until about right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for this match. I think these two, you know, realistically, maybe in the company are probably some of the two top best wrestlers in the company not even just NXT I think these two have all the ability in the world to go at it even you know when they get to the main roster I think these two could put on a good match when they get there as well uh, but sticking to TakeOver your opinion where do you think they have this match in the card is it double main event is it like third where do you think they have this match I think this is more later into the card middle later of the card uh, I think they might put this uh, third to last third to last okay that makes sense um, yeah, because really, is second to last, not necessarily it's a filler, but any match can go in there. I'd yeah. say the tag match going in there. Um, realistically, maybe the North American Championship goes in there. You could possibly do that. Um, there's a lot of things that they could do with the, the second to last match. The women's match, I just think it makes a little bit of sense to do that, especially because realistically, the card's not that big. There's only five, six matches on only, the night. It's only five matches. Right. That's all you need. No, I'm not saying that's all you need. And obviously, the show starts at seven o'clock. You and I don't want to be there till one in the morning, so it's fine. That's not, that's what I'm saying. Just like that's all you need because right. Let's not have a five-hour SummerSlam. Yeah, jeez. I'm sorry, seven-hour SummerSlam. Oh God, thank God I'm not going to Barclays on that Sunday. We spent but we spent much less money on a much better event. Yes. Um, and the day the world uh catches up on that is the day we just stop going to events. <laughs> um. But, you know, looking at that type of match, what are you mostly excited for for Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler? I am probably most excited um, to see the Insane Elbow live. Yeah. That is if Kyrie wins. Um, I think you see it regardless. Shayna Baszler can kick out of it, but I think you see it anyway. I think if we do see it, I, th I think it's going to miss if it happens. I think it's going to miss. Um, I know we kind of structured this like we talked about the match first, but um, but yeah, I'm just going to say now I think Baszler's winning. Okay. Well, because you mentioned last week that you think um, Candice LeRae is going to be the champion in April. I, th I think when uh, Shayna Baszler is going to hold on to that title for a long time and Candice will eventually be the one to dethrone her because they did little uh, things, little... They're jabbing at each other. Yeah, little videos where like Shayna's picking a fight and Candice isn't taking her crap. Right. No, 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 listen, I agree with you, and we'll, we'll kind of spoil that. I, I kind of agree with you on that. Um, when you're starting to build up a little rivalry like that, like they're going little by little by little, it would mm. be stupid to take the belt off her now. Because eventually, at some point, you know, Johnny's name's going to get thrown into it, Tommaso. It, you might actually see the four at one point. And I'm not saying right away, but like when you and I talked about how they can renew the rivalry in January, and let's say they do go that route, you could see some mixed tag matches in NXT with these you four. You could easily, yeah, I was just thinking about that today. You could easily do a thing where if they're both champion uh, in the wintertime, you could do a mixed tag with Baszler and Champa and Gargano and Larray. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so why don't we go to the predictions now? NXT yeah. TakeOver Brooklyn in the Barclays Center, Brooklyn 4, our homecoming. 
We were at Brooklyn one. Yes, we were. Uh, the first one out of full sale. Not saying it was the biggest one, but we were at the first one. Damn it. Um, so let's go match by match. So we'll start with EC3 versus the Velveteen Dream. Your prediction, who's walking out the winner and why? EC3, because he needs it. Yes. You can argue that Velveteen Dream needs it too, but Dream with his matches, he can still look very good. Um taking a loss. Just look at the match he had with Aleister Black in War Games, the match he had with Ricochet in Chicago. Um, he still is perfectly fine after taking a loss. Plus, he's very young. He can be there for a very long time. He's, he's only like 22, 23 years old. So his mind is a sponge. He's fully committed to the character. And as long as you have a strong character, wins and losses don't necessarily matter. EC3, I feel like, kind of needs the win more, only because in the beginning he was... I was re-watching uh, TakeOver New Orleans, and Percy Watson, one of the commentators, was saying how arrogant he was, uh, you know, just just playing up that he's really a heel, that he's a bad guy. But as the, as the time has progressed and gone on, EC3 is kind of more of a tweener, more of a babyface ever since Dream turned on him at the uh, NXT, you, I'm sorry, the... the nor Damn it. The UK tournament? UK tournament, thank you. The UK tournament where the tag match with Black and Ricochet. Right. But EC3 and, and uh, Velveteen Dream. So EC3's more of a baby face, but I think you he really needs to solidify a win because his character is kind of in a flux and he doesn't really know... I don't think they really know what he's doing, what they're doing with him necessarily. So I got EC3. I agree with you. And not necessarily saying they don't really know what they're doing. You know, this whole Champa Gargano rivalry has kind of really thrown everybody to the backside. So not saying that that's the worst thing in the world, but I agree with you. Ever since New Orleans, they really haven't had much of a plan for EC3. I think you can realistically have this match. Uh, open the show, maybe second before, I don't know, but... I think second. Maybe second, but I do like EC3 in this, you're right, he desperately needs this win after, you know, much success in Impact Wrestling, he was the hottest free agent when he was signed to NXT yep. and he really hasn't done much since I think in front of a hot Brooklyn crowd SummerSlam weekend, I think this is the perfect opportunity to help elevate his character, I have EC3 in this Because I think he could be potentially be like a Bobby Roode type character when Bobby Roode was in NXT. Mm-hmm I agree. The NXT North American Championship, Adam Cole, Ricochet, who's walking out with a belt and why? This is hard for me. Um, my heart says Adam Cole, but my brain says Ricochet. Because if we go on to later than later of the predictions of the show, I kind of feel like you need, like, uh, I was thinking about it at first, thinking about it, like, of every person who I think would win the title. I kind of thought, no, I, I, we have to have at least one babyface win a championship at, at least one so I think if that's going to happen I think it's going to be Ricochet mm -hmm. um, if Adam Cole retains I think something else will happen but I'll explain to that when we get to it um, but yeah, I'm going to say Ricochet is going to walk out with the North American title. I'm going to take Adam Cole. I think when you look at the Undisputed Era and their momentum right now, and a lot of people are saying, you could take the belts off all of them and have them go to the main roster. Realistically, I was thinking about Not it today. Too, too soon. War Games is coming up. You need a three-man team in War Games because realistically, look what they did with Sanity up in the main roster. It's been a failure so far. Um, you know... Obviously, you have the Authors of Pain up there. There's really not a faction right now. Because I'm thinking War Games right now, who you're going to put in that match. Undisputed Era, if they're there, they're going to be in it again. I don't think they're going to do War Games for, like, the championships. I think they're going to do War Because I saw a thing, like, they had the Mighty and then uh, Heavy Machinery, uh, uh, Street Profits, and a few other. I think, like, it's going to 
be a, sh a breakout moment for those teams. And whoever wins that match will uh, have a tag team championship right. match. But going back to Cole, you know, he was left off the card in Chicago. Obviously, he was there, but he, he wasn't was there. In the match. But he, the, the title wasn't on the line there. You you have an opportunity to showcase it now since he's won it uh, at a takeover, Barclays Center, hot crowd in New York. I like Adam Cole. It's the one-year anniversary since he debuted in NXT. And, you know, Ricochet Adam Cole, I think, is going to tear the house down. Mm -hmm. Not saying either of them need the belt, but I think for storyline circumstances going forward, I have Adam Cole retaining the championship. Don't get me wrong. I'll be rooting for Adam Cole. I'm going to be wearing my Undisputed Era shirt at <laughs> Brooklyn. I just think Ricochet's going to win. The NXT Tag Team Championships, Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain. Who do you got and why? This, I have the Undisputed Era. This is, by the way, that song is the NWO version of Modern Time. Yeah, they, they are the modern-day NWO. But, even the, even but, if they're not, the theme song is. It is. And Kyle O'Reilly doing the air guitar with his bell, just like Hogan did with the WCW Championship. Damn, brother. I, uh, yeah, I got Undisputed Era. Um, it was a cool moment for Mustache Mountain to win the tag titles in, uh, in the UK. In the UK, but it was kind of like a cheap pop. And then them winning, and then Era winning the tag titles back on episode of NXT tape, uh, taping. Yeah, I just think that um, you gotta still make the Undisputed Era look good. Like, if Adam Cole loses, I still think that Era should retain the tag championships. They can still be a somewhat dominant faction. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I got Kyle O'Reilly, Roger Strong for the win. I agree. And this has nothing to do with Adam Cole losing the title either. As you heard before, I predicted him to win. I have the entire Undisputed Era winning at Brooklyn. Uh, and for that reason, you have to make the Undisputed Era look strong. Obviously, it was a great moment for Mustache Mountain to win in the UK. I like Mustache Mountain. And I like him too. I just I don't think necessarily it's their time just yet to have a big run with the tag title belts. Um, well, plus, well, plus, they started to cut you off, but they have mm -hmm. the... The, the UK uh, UK uh, NXT UK so they could be the front runners for those tag team titles exactly so they don't need to run with the the actual NXT tag titles just yet and you really you think about it and like I was mentioning before with everything that's going on in the main event scene right now who attacked Aleister Black Champa Gargano is it over is it not over we don't know until after Saturday you have to find a way to keep the Undisputed Era relevant and to keep them to look strong and I mm -hmm. think the best way to do that is to keep the championships on them after Brooklyn so I have as you said the Undisputed Era walking out with the tag belts on Saturday the NXT Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane. You already said it, but explain why. Um, just kind of the same points I said earlier. Uh, I think Baszler is on a tear right now. She's a dominant heel champion. I think they're kind of trying to make her as like this uh, unbeatable, uh, legitimate fighter type champion because she was in MMA. Uh, she's a legit MMA background. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I just think she's just going to hold on to the title for a long time. And like I, I said probably said earlier and I said in the last episode that I think Candice LeRae is the one to dethrone her uh, because I think she's the perfect baby face her or Dakota Kai but I think Candice is going to be the one to dethrone Shayna Baszler at some point so I don't think Baszler's going to lose the title just yet see I, and I'm kind of in the middle there I do agree with you there is part of me saying that Kyrie Singh can easily win the belt on Saturday and give it right back to Baszler in Los Angeles uh, it could happen that way make Baszler a two-time women's champion I correct me if I'm wrong I don't think we've had a two-time champion in the women's division I don't think we have Shayna no. Baszler could be the first she could um, be. and and I'm kind of torn in between I'm gonna go with you just because I'm very uneasy about where it's gonna go I don't feel good about it but I'll I will take Shayna Baszler in Brooklyn okay um, like you 
you said, she's been on a tear. I think at some point you need to build up the Candice LeRae, Shayna Baszler storyline. I don't think they do that properly without Baszler being the champion. So I will agree with you. I have Baszler going over on Saturday. Don't feel good about it. Not sure, but I have it. You could essentially have this feud keep going. Yeah. Here's one I really don't feel good about. The last man standing match, the main event, Gargano Champa. I don't <laughs> I, I, Don't get me wrong. I'm itching to see it. I texted you the other day. I said I almost wanted to go on first, but I don't feel <laughs> good about it because we predicted the result last week, and now it's like uh, anything can happen now. So it's last man standing match, the main event for the NXT Championship, the champion, Tommaso Ciampa. I'm so glad we get to say that. Mm -hmm. The challenger, Johnny Gargano. Who's going to win and why? This, like you said, it's very hard to predict this one with the whole Aleister Black injury. Thanks, um, Aleister's balls. <laughs> well, uh, Champa's the one, actually, I think, who hurt him, so thanks, Champa. Um, I'm wearing a Johnny Gargano shirt right now. I love Johnny Gargano. Um, yeah, like I said earlier with the whole uh, Ricochet and Alan Cole thing, I think you need, like, a big babyface uh, victory in this uh, TakeOver card for a championship. Um, and I think that will be Ricochet. I don't think that'll be Johnny Gargano. So I think Champa's going to walk out with the championship. Um, because with the current state of Gargano's character, I don't think it's it's time. Um, if if there was a thing of like, if Gargano wasn't so obsessed with with Champa right now, um, and he was still the same ca uh, still the same character. If this was New from Orleans going into Chicago, is what you're saying. Not even that. I think uh, Gargano going into Philly and Gargano going into New Orleans. Mm -hmm. I think if it was that Johnny Gargano, I'd say I would say Johnny Gargano. But it's not that Johnny Gargano. So I think Champa will retain. So, like he's got to do something horrible and devastating that's gonna really make the crowd hate him. So I think Champa will retain, and this will put a good, uh, you know, just put the book back on the shelf for for a little bit, put it on hold, and then eventually at TakeOver Brooklyn 5, we can revisit the feud where Johnny finds himself again. He's like, I gotta be Johnny Wrestling again. I gotta be back to the person who I was. And then you can eventually have Gargano in it at that point. Because I still think, even with Aleister Black injured, I still think that's where this feud is gonna end. Mm -hmm. Just to play devil's advocate, I'm gonna pick Johnny. <laughs> and the reason I do is for a couple of reasons. I think regardless of what happens, Johnny's going to be written off television after Brooklyn. So my prediction, and I'm going to kind of go a little bit in the future, is I do think that Johnny's going to go into a dark place on Saturday. I think that's going to help him keep Tommaso Ciampa down. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be like the last man standing match that John Cena and Batista had where John Cena duct taped Batista's ankles together and he couldn't get up. Or another one where with Bray Wyatt where he like just piled a bunch of crap on him. Exactly. But what I am saying is I think Johnny is going to win in a controversial fashion. It's not going to be a heel controversy, but I think he is going to win in a controversial fashion that's going to enrage Tommaso Ciampa, take him out. How much heat would you think Tommaso Ciampa got after taking out Johnny after finally winning the NXT Championship only for him to vanquish it? You set up Aleister Black-Tommaso Ciampa rematch on NXT television, or you can even wait till Los Angeles if you really wanted to. The War Games. The War Games. Have Tommaso win it back there and then go back to revisiting Brooklyn Five. Now it's Johnny getting back the prize he never lost. So for that reason, I will take Johnny in Brooklyn on Saturday. 
Okay, that's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think still, regardless if Gargano or Ciampa wins, Ciampa still has to do something so terrible. Oh, he will. That will make the crowd hate him. So even it's more. only a matter of time before Candice LeRae takes a pile driver in the middle of the wood floor. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna go that far. Nah, probably not. <laughs> this is not Ring of Honor. Um, not the Indies, not the Indies at all. But yeah, I will take Johnny for that reason. I think he does go into a dark place in Brooklyn. That actually helps him win. I don't think it's gonna cost him it. I think it's gonna be one of those things where any clicks in his head, he learned from Chicago a little bit that he actually. But this time it's last man standing, so it's like the dark place. I think can help him in that. If this was if this was one fall to the win. I'd be on your side, but it's last man standing. I think Johnny finds a way to keep him down. He wins, and then somehow Tommaso... It's going to be a controversy. And then I think Tommaso takes him out, forces him to relinquish the title, and then we set up Brooklyn 5. Can Johnny win the belt back that he never lost? Because imagine how much the crowd would hate him that night. That you took out Johnny after finally he realized his dream of being the NXT champion, and you ruined it in five minutes. Or... The other thing is, take him out the same night. Celebrate with the championship and take his ass out right there. Think about that. I would like that more, actually. Yeah. If so he, that if way... He, if he took him out the night of... The Bro- night of... and then The night you, of Brooklyn. And then the first taping, Johnny Gargano has to relinquish the championship due to his injuries. And then we set up what happens later down the road. But I think something's going to happen where Johnny Gargano will walk out with the championship. And I think uh, you could do like a little tournament for it. But I think overall, you like if that's the case, you should do a championship match at War Games for the vacant title. If we're going with your scenario mm-hmm. between Champa and Alistair Black, yeah, I agree. So let's move on to SummerSlam. We'll wrap up the podcast with this. And really, for me, SummerSlam, it's more like um, a glorified version of Extreme Rules. If you really take a look at it, it's basically the same card in retrospect. I mean, you have a rivalry with Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton right now, which you're going to see at SummerSlam, but Jeff Hardy is facing Shinsuke Nakamura again. You have Finn Balor and Baron Corbin, which nobody wants to see. Nope. Um, so we're, we're just going to talk about what we really want to see. The first thing that we need to talk about is Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship. This Monday, Dean Ambrose came back. He's going to be in Seth's corner. My question to you is, CJ, do we have the heel turn at SummerSlam or do we have it later down the line? Um, just for me, I would for long the heel turn. Okay. But I think we might, we're probably going to be seeing it on Sunday because Ambrose just looks like a heel now. He looks like Triple H. <laughs> I don't know if he looks like Triple H. Kind of did when he came out. But no, like, the, and, and not saying this in a bad way, but he looks jacked, new haircut, oh, looks new great. look. And I agree he, with he, you. He looks legitimately crazy now. Yep. Yeah. I do think we see the heel turn on Sunday. Uh, I think it's the best time to do it. Not saying he starts um, anything like a faction with Drew or with Dolph or anybody like that, but I do say that we do start the Seth Rollins-Dean Ambrose rivalry. Almost like, where were you when I got hurt? Where were you when I was hurt? I did this all on myself. I did it all by myself. Screw you. Screw Roman. Screw everybody. I'm my own man now. Um, I do think we see that at, at Brooklyn because I think Seth's time with the IC title is done for now. Um, I think we go into this, and I think, honestly, with the State of the Universal Championship hanging up in the air, anybody can really challenge for it at this point because I'm going to spoil my prediction. I'm not going to say who wins, but I don't think it's going to be Brock Lesnar. Oh, 
Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I th- uh, for that match, I think it's going to be. I think Ziggler's going to retain. Um, I don't know if uh, Ambrose will actually cost Rollins the match or if he'll just turn on him after the match. Because remember, Drew McIntyre's involved with this too. So probably see a little bit of brawling from Drew and Dean on the outside. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I got Ziggler retaining. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's talk about another match we'll preview and we'll predict later. Uh, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe is getting a lot of heat at this point. AJ, you know, um, Samoa Joe bringing in AJ Styles' wife last week on the go-home edition of SmackDown before SummerSlam. Wendy Styles. And at that point, Styles is like, I'm okay. And then like any exclusive, he wants to rip his head off and he's got his the whole roster holding like, back. What? Shut up. What if Wendy Styles costs AJ the championship? Okay, they're gonna get Wendy heel turn. Uh, but anyway, I so mean, her, her her shoot name is Wendy Jones, brother. Okay, brother, get it, get it right, Joe. But the the thing with this is, is you, and you and I talked about this. If anybody just looks up AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe, you're not gonna get anything in WWE. This is the first time they're facing here. So go back and watch their classics. You're gonna be in for a treat on Sunday. If only Christopher Daniels could be a part of this. Too. Absolutely, that's exactly what I've been thinking all week. Uh, but even their one on one matches have been fantastic. Oh, no, they're, they're two of the best. And now you bring in a storyline where. You know, Samoa Joe's bringing in AJ Styles' family, and AJ's trying to say that, you know, I'm doing the best I can. I do have to make sacrifices. Samoa Joe is like, no, you're just a horrible family man, and and everybody should realize that, and I'm going to take the championship off you and make you look like a failure and all that. <laughs> Not saying that they didn't do enough to build it up. I don't think they did a lot to build it up. They don't need to do a lot to build it up. No, um, I just think that... You know they've done the best they can with building the story. I don't. I don't mind that they've made it this personal. Not saying that, I didn't mind that they made it personal. They should make it personal. I'm just saying it's only been a couple of weeks. It's not yeah. been like a huge thing. It's been realistically last week was the first time they were face to face in this whole thing. True. That's what I'm trying to say. But like I said before, they don't need to build it up a lot because they know that these two are going to go and tear the house down in Brooklyn on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, this by far will be the best match of the entire night I agree uh, you don't want to put it on too late Seth and Dolph could be a close second yeah it could be but I don't think you want to put it on too late because the crowd could be tired but um, it's going to be a 7 hour show oh my god like 6 to 7 I hours. hate that by the way I hate that a 7 hour SummerSlam you don't need to make two reviews so long people got to go to work in the morning exactly two, if you're going to make a 7 hour SummerSlam put it on Saturday and put TakeOver on Sunday who cares at that point because you know what TakeOver is going to be 2 hours at max we're going to get out of there by 9 o'clock we'll be back home before the next day happens if we went to SummerSlam we would have been home at like 3 o'clock in the morning being like what the hell did I just watch why yeah. is Roman Reigns still over like <laughs> He's not over. Well, he's over in Vince's mind. Yeah. But that's my point. Didn't he mean gets mis- a reaction, pal. Didn't mean to misspeak there. My apologies. It's a reaction. He's over. Exactly. So, it, realistically, it comes down to the fact of why seven hours? Takeover's doing it right. They're going to have an hour pre-show. They're going to have a two-hour event. They're probably gonna well, it's not even a pre-show. It's, a, it's an NXT TV TV. It's an NXT. Well, they, don't, don't they have the... Um, no, they... Never mind. I, I don't know what's going on. We're going to find out on Saturday anyway. Um... Last match we should talk about, too, before we get into the predictions, um, obviously is the main event. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. I think they... Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and, and it's it's sad, too, because they I think they've done a good job building it up. Yeah, I mean, they, they did. It's everyone's just going to boo them out of the building. My whole thing is that um, 
with Heyman cutting the promo, him looking just dis- distraught, like he hasn't slept, he hasn't shaved, um, and it was a good promo. Uh, but him just going unless, and then leaves and thanks Renee Young and right. Young's like unless what, Paul? Unless Roman Reigns does what? Right. And I felt like this segment this past Monday on Raw was pretty good, and building mm-hmm. up the segment overall was good. By the way, speaking of Raw, Renee Young was fantastic on commentary. Oh, yes. She Renee was Young. good. Renee Young over Coachman any day of the week. It, Please, honestly, more put Renee Coach, Young. Put Coachman back into interviewing and let Renee Young take his job full-time. I wouldn't mind that at all. Just please. She did fantastic. Did not mean to cut you off, but I, I just wanted to, to touch on no, that. No, yeah, that's definitely something I wanted to talk about, too, really quickly. Um Renee Young, just she's absolutely fantastic. She's been fantastic for a long time. I remember when I heard her do commentary for NXT. I thought she was great there. Uh, the May Young Classic. Oh yeah, her and Cole and uh, and Beth Phoenix are gonna be doing the May Young Classic. Just please put Renee Young more on commentary. Whether that's on SmackDown, whether it's on Raw, maybe like you move Byron Saxon back to Raw or so, uh, back to Raw or something or. Or who knows? You you have Coachman there and Renee Young on Raw, and you keep Corey Graves on SmackDown. Who knows? But please give me more Renee Young on right. commentary. I she think they spent, keep Corey Graves on both shows just because he's just amazing. He is on the mic. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and it's unfortunate because Brock and Roman have been doing everything they can to build this thing up. Well, and Roman and Paul. Well, Roman and Paul. I'm sorry. I mean, Brock really two weeks ago when he they had the setup thing where he wouldn't go out to the ring in the F5 Kurt Angle that was pretty cool um, and then turning on Paul Heyman or fake turning on Paul Heyman almost um, it was a ruse it, they did I think they did enough to build up as much as they could it's just a matter of we've seen this thing so many times and now it's like realistically and, and not to mention like I said it's a seven hour show you're gonna get this match at 11.45 at night Nobody is not. First of all, I'm getting tired just talking about it. Exa- exactly, you're gonna <laughs> literally get, yawning. You're gonna get people leaving the building early, probably after AJ and Joe are done, because it's like realistically, AJ and Joe could probably go 45 minutes to an hour. So the main event will. Well, pro- they 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 could physically. I don't think they'll give them that much time. They'll probably give them at most 35, because they can go longer. But I think if they, they I think I think 20 25 minutes because because you, you still have a lot of other big matches on the card. Right, but if they're second to last, like you think they're gonna be. And besides, Brock and Roman probably won't be that long anyway. They're probably going to get 15 minutes. Yeah, probably. So they'd probably give AJ and Joe and Seth and, and Dolph a lot more time for that reason. And, hey, I'm all for that. But my point also is... Also, Brian and Miz. You know, Brian and Miz. And, we, and we'll predict that in a second. We'll get to the predictions in a second. I think, realistically, by that point, people will be leaving the arena, getting on the trains early, because they don't care what happens, even if there is a cash Beat in. Beat the traffic. Da, 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 da. I like, was there for that show. Yeah. Backlash. It was terrible. Oh, God. The backlash was... Oh, yeah, Backlash was... It was in Newark. Center. It was terrible. That was a it terrible was a, uh, show. It was a birthday gift for my girlfriend, giving her a little shout-out on this. Um, yeah, and it was uh, one of the... Probably the worst uh, wrestling show I've ever went to. Maybe you didn't pay for it. No, I did. <laughs> it was a birthday gift to my girlfriend, not from my girlfriend. Oh, oh well, then you know what? That's your own fault, then. <laughs> yeah. Miz and Rollins was great that night. Yeah, because they opened the show. <laughs> uh, but point is, I mean, you're going to have people leaving early. No, no one's going to care, even if there is a cash-in, whether that's from Braun or Kevin, and we'll get to that in a second, too. No one cares at that point. I think you need something. You cannot leave this pay-per-view 
with Brock Le- with Brock Lesnar leaving the title or Roman Reigns just leaving with the title, something big has, has to, happen to happen at the end. It has something big has to happen at the end because if we just leave with Brock Lesnar leaving leaving with the championship, that just confirms he's going to be working with WWE and, and the UFC. U- and the UFC. And if we leave with just Roman Reigns winning the championship, like okay, it's finally done. People might pop for the fact that Re- that Lesnar's title run is finally over. He'll probably get a mixed pop. He'll probably get a mixed reaction. I think, because to me, honestly, if Roman wins, I'll be happy because because the belt's finally off of Lesnar. Yes, and Lesnar. That's why people are gonna cheer. He'll get booed the next night on Raw. Yeah, but he would. He might get a decent pop if he wins the belt. Maybe it'll be like the pop he got when he beat Sheamus because nobody wanted Sheamus to be the champion. He got that was in Philly too. Yeah, and that's what surprised me the most. Same place where he got booed out of the building in the Royal Rumble. He got two weeks of being over, and then after that, when the rumors we hate you again, right? It was like you're going to defend the title in the Royal Rumble match. Triple H is guaranteed to be there. We hate you again. (laughs) Sort of thing. Let's get into the predictions now. SummerSlam 2018, the Barclays Center. I'm not even going into the pre-show matches. We'll be here all day. Um, Let's start what we know. What will be on the card? I just got all I got to say about the pre-show is tranquilo el idolo for Andrade <laughs> and forever the revival. Yes. That's all I got to say. Um, I love the B team. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Jeff Hardy, United States Championship. Who do you got and why? I have Shinsuke Nox um, because I think you should just keep this title on him for a little while longer. I think his heel character is absolutely uh, amazing. Uh, it's, it's great. It's entertaining. Uh, this is the best Nakamura has been on the main roster. He's fully a WWE character now. He's not just the King of Strong Style from Japan to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. He's embedded in having a character. And I think he's really singing. I, you can tell when you watch him on TV. He's really enjoying what he's doing. And I'm glad for that because he was really struggling for a while. Right, and there's still chances he might go back to Japan soon, but, you know. Maybe, but I think right now with what he's doing, I think he's in a good spot. He's got the U.S. title. He's going to be with Jeff Hardy, which is strange because a few years ago, if you say, like, when Nakamura came to WWE, what about a Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy? Uh, no one would have ever saw that coming. People would be like, oh, my God, that's a dream match. Right. But they did it at Extreme Rules. And it was, it was awful. It was a glorified squash match. And then they did it again on SmackDown, which that one was pretty good. I don't doubt that this one won't be a good match. It's just with the other matches on the card and how they've kind of watered it down, I guess. I don't know. It won't be as good as people have thought I of think it. But I still got Nakamura. I think everybody would have been more excited for Hardy Orton just going at it because of the rivalry they've had recently. I think Orton gets involved in this. That's why I have Shinsuke as well. I think we're going to see Randy Orton in this match at some point. Coughs Jeff the championship. Um, I'm not going into it that much because, again, we'll be here for four hours. Yeah. I will take Nakamura to walk out with the championship and this rivalry, and then we can finally get the Hardy Orton, which is surprisingly been good TV. Yeah. Orton's been the best he's been in years for yeah, this heel turn. Absolutely. Uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship, Carmella defending against Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch. Who walks out and why? And do we have a heel turn in this match, CJ? I have been going back and forth about this. I have been saying that I think regardless whoever wins the championship, it's not going to be Carmella. I think Charlotte or Becky are going to win this title. Um, my original thoughts is that I thought Becky was going to win and there's going to be kind of like a heel turn. But I was listening to Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast today, and he was talking with Wade Keller about a SummerSlam preview. And um, I think Wade Keller had said something about uh, Charlotte winning and Charlotte turning heel because she's a much better heel. She is a much better heel. So, and if they're going to build to a match between Rousey and Flair, I think having Charlotte in that feud as a heel would be perfect. 
So I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say Becky walks out with the title, but Charlotte turns heel. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to have Charlotte win the championship. Becky's going to turn heel. You can have the Charlotte Flair heel turn down the line, like when she beat Nikki Bella for the championship, turn heel a few months after. We can do that again. That's totally in the cards, which I, I think can happen. Not saying that what you just said can happen and why it wouldn't be great television. I agree with you on that, but I do think you have Charlotte win the championship with what I've been seeing on TV. It sets up Becky Lynch's heel turn, whether it's Sunday night or down the line. It's True. it's almost kind of like that, you know, deja vu when originally Charlotte turned on Becky a few years ago. But when, when it regards to turning Charlotte heel to face Ronda, you could do that down the line while she has the championship. There's more than enough time to do that. So I'll take Charlotte to win the championship. Becky will turn heel at SummerSlam. My just thing, my thing is just to that the crowd has been really behind Becky Lynch, and the crowd legitimately loves Becky Lynch, and I love Becky Lynch. Right. So she's long overdue for a second run, by the way. Yeah, people. A lot of people forget that she was the first SmackDown Women's Champion. Yes. I also think this is leading towards the all-women's pay-per-view where they're going to do Charlotte versus Becky for the championship, mm -hmm. regardless of whoever has the, t has the title. Absolutely. Let's move on. Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Who do you got? Miz has to win this match. I agree. Miz has to win this match because if WWE is smart, and they are smart about some things with, the, with their big story feuds, Miz has to win this. Down the line, he wins the WWE championship, and this will build the momentum towards that. This will build towards Brian finally beating him yep. for the title at it, it was like when Styles beat Cena at SummerSlam. It built to him winning the championship at Backlash. Yes. Same thing. But I, I agree with you 100%. I think if we're going to go down the line of Mania with this, and we still don't know because Daniel Bryan hasn't resigned yet, but I think if we are going to that, Miz has to go over first. He did say in a recent interview, actually Sam Roberts' podcast that released uh, as the time of this recording, um... Roberts asked him because there's a the whole story arc in 2K19 is based on Brian his career. Right, it's gonna be it's gonna have the authority in it. It's gonna have Team Hell No, all that stuff. It's, it's gonna be even gonna career. have him as a playable character as Brian Danielson when he had a tryout match on Velocity with John Cena. Right. So so it's gonna have his NXT run too with the Miz. Yeah, I believe so. So yeah, uh, I'm Brian, gonna have to get Brian, this game. I am too. I mean, Styles in the cover, Brian the story arc. Uh, he said, yeah, with things that are going on, it's most likely he will resign. Okay. Didn't say yes, but it's most likely. But right. yeah, Miz, the, the way Miz goes over. The way it's going, and I think you have to plan for this storyline to go to Mania, Miz goes over first. I agree. Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship. We kind of went over this, so we won't take too much on this. I have Dolph. I, I have also Dean, have Dolph. I have Dean turning heel on Seth. I think we're going to have one of those things where Dean is going to take Drew McIntyre out. Seth, it, we could have a referee. If the ref goes down, we know what's happening. Um, Seth is going to set up for the curb stomp because they're too scared to call it the curb stomp, so I will. Um, and then we're going to have Dean hit Dirty Deeds on Seth and walk out of the arena. That's what I think is going to happen, and then Dolph walks out with the championship. Yeah, and I also think the Ambrose and Rollins feud doesn't necessarily need the championship. It doesn't. I think it's more better suited to have it with Drew and Dolph, and then somewhere down the line, Drew takes the title off Dolph Ziggler. Mm -hmm. Plus, this this whole run with Ziggler is it's reinvented, it's rejuvenated. Do you hear his promo Monday night? It was great. That was probably one of the best promos he had in a couple of years. I think it might be the best promo of his career thus far. Yeah, I, I agree. Because I can't remember too many great Dolph Ziggler promos. Well, the not, one not he that, had, he's not. It's the thing is because he's not much of a promo guy. He's a guy who can show off what he does in the ring. Um, I think like this promo and a promo he had with Miz 
leading up to their Intercontinental That's Championship That's what I was going to say, the one at No, no Mercy. Mercy. That was a good I, one. I think those these are his best two promos. I agree 100%. Um, let's go to the Bludgeon Brothers and the New Day for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Who do you got? Uh, This one's a little harder. I, The Bludgeon Brothers, I think they're a great team. I especially love uh, Harper. But it seems like after they won the tag titles at Mania... They've kind of been watered down. They, I don't know about watered down, but they kind of just don't seem as big of a deal as they were in the build and the chase to get the titles. And honestly, I don't see why New Day are in this match. I would have much preferred the, the bar. bar. Um, but I'm not so sure about this one. But I'm, I'm going to say the Bludgeon Brothers. I think they're going to retain for now. I think I'm just going to say the New Day just to disagree with you because I'm in the same boat. I really don't know where they're going to go with this match. The Bludgeon Brothers haven't had much, really besides their run with Team Hell now. They really haven't done a lot. Um, yeah. The New Day, they're somewhat, you know, getting back to where they used to be. I would have liked to see the bar. I agree, but I think just it's... four big dudes just legitimately being the crap out of each other. Exactly. So I'll take the New Day on this one just for a change of scenery. But again, it's like, it's one of those that... That might be a bathroom break match, and it would probably be the best match of the night if I do that. Uh, but regardless. Um, it sucks because both teams are great. I'm skipping Finn Balor, Baron Corbin. Nobody cares. Finn Balor. Uh, exactly. Um, Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship. This could be a tough one. It Who do you be. got? Uh, I have Rousey, but quickly on the whole Baron Corbin and Finn Balor thing. You're short. I'm tall. Let's have a wrestling match. Thank you, Cultaholic. Anyway. No, it never goes well. <laughs> Yeah, but but getting back to Rousey and Bliss, uh, yeah, I have Ronda Rousey because if you look at the whole Roman Reigns thing right now, you can't have a baby face lose so many opportunities mm -hmm. and then expect them getting screwed. Like, oh, I got screwed, I got screwed. Like, that doesn't make you likable. That just makes you whiny. Yeah. So I say Rousey walks out with the title at SummerSlam. Uh, I think Alexa Bliss is the right, I don't know about right opponent as far as seasoned and a veteran. But as far as a as a heel and a character, Bliss is the right as the right person. For I agree. It. I'm taking Rousey in this one, and I heard a lot of things like when you realistically think about it, Rousey could be the next face of the company. Period. You know, forget the women's division; she could be the next face of this company. Um, and yeah, I, you could potentially build the women's division around Rousey. Well, I mean, no, I mean you're talking about just the company in general. Mm -hmm. That that's never been done before. You you, you could potentially build a face of the company around Ronda Rousey because of her name value alone. Exactly. Um, I will take Rousey the same reasons you said. You can't give somebody opportunity after opportunity and expect them to be over after that. Same thing really happened with Roman. And Roman, it was it was a bad time for him to try to go over. And obviously, it hasn't worked ever since. Um, but number one, the rivalry has been entertaining. Number two, Rousey is not disappointed in the ring at all. No. Um, her pay-per-view appearances, her Raw appearances, while well, she is not disappointed in the ring, she's getting better on the mic, slowly but surely. Yeah. Um, I think this is the right time for her, and whether, you know, we have a mouthpiece put on her that we'll get to later. Um, I like Rousey with the championship. I'm going to take her to win this match as well. Because I think leading into that women's pay-per-view, they're going to want uh, Rousey with the championship for sure. And they're definitely going to want at least Charlotte or Becky with the championship. They're going to want Charlotte involved regardless. Yeah, they're going to want Charlotte revolved in the uh, championship match regardless of the pay-per-view. But I think if you have Charlotte and Rousey as champion going into that uh, that pay-per-view, even though I said Becky Lynch win, but this is just hypothetical, you know, it's a good moment right. to, to have two of the top women in the company 
holding the top, holding both the women's championships in the brand. Absolutely. AJ Styles, Samoa Joe for the WWE Championship. Who do you got and why? I have uh, Alan Jones Styles. <laughs> I have AJ. This is um, not a shoot. Yeah. I have AJ because um, I think he's just going to hold on to the title for a little, little while longer. Um, he just recently surpassed JBL's... As of uh, today, right? Uh, or I think as of last night. JBL even tweeted something. Yeah, I saw uh, the picture on Instagram today. He uh, he surpassed JBL's uh, reign of longest champion in SmackDown history. Now AJ has that title reign. So, so I, JBL can die unhappy now. <laughs> Uh, don't get me started on JBL. Um, a yeah, I think uh, AJ's been a great champion. He's just, um, I've said, he's like the, he's arguably the best wrestler in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, he continues to have great match after great match after great match. Um, I don't think it's Samoa Joe's time just yet. I think Joe will win the championship at some point. I just don't think it's now. So I think AJ's going to retain. I'll take Joe to win the championship. Really? Um, I think that Joe is so far in AJ's head. I think we're going to see some psychological crap inside the match. Um, because you know, it's one of those things where it's like AJ already looks angry at the situation. He already looks like it's in his head. And I think at some point, maybe you have an interview with Samoa Joe early. He's like, I'm in your head. And I'm going to win the championship, this and that. I do have to disagree. I think it is time for Joe to win the championship, whether it be now or whether it be at their next pay-per-view. I don't know. Um, not saying that AJ doesn't get the belt back. I think he does, but I do think at this point in time, I think it is time for a change. Um, AJ's been a great champion, but it's I think it is time for a change on the brand. I will take Samoa Joe to walk out with the belt. Okay. I mean, you could uh, potentially, you know, have a back and forth and have AJ win the championship. Back yeah, you could. Back. Absolutely. Have a, have a, have a champ uh, chase the championship. Exactly. But, but I think Miz is going to be the one who eventually dethrones AJ for the championship, leading... Because I think Miz will be champion leading Dominion. I agree. And um, I saved this one second to last because they kind of coincide. Kevin Owens, Braun Strowman for the Money in the Bank briefcase. Could you think this is an easy one, but it's really not. Who do you got and why? Yeah, I've been thinking about this one back and forth. Um, because when Braun won the briefcase, you think to yourself, Braun doesn't need it. Yeah, someone, he doesn't at all. Someone like Finn Balor could have used that. Kevin Owens could have even used that. You could argue that Samoa Joe could have used it too, or even Rusev. But, uh, I don't know. It's, it is tough, um, because they have kind of made a big deal about it. But, I'm gonna go with Strowman. And also, you gotta remember, disqualifications, countouts, Kevin Owens wins. So that's another thing, but you're gonna take Strowman. You said why? I take Strowman because I will explain more when we talk about the Universal Championship. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna take Kevin Owens. Okay. I think I think the result of the Universal Championship will be decided on this match. Um, and like you said, they have made this a bigger deal than we ever thought it was going to be. Disqualifications, countouts, Kevin Owens walks out with the briefcase and vice versa, obviously. Um, I think there's going to be somehow in this match where maybe Kevin Owens forces Braun Strowman to get disqualified. I don't know, but regardless, I think Kevin Owens walks out new Mr. Money in the Bank. Okay. Finally, main event. Yeah, God. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, hopefully the finale for the Universal Championship. Who do you got and who walks out with the championship and why? And I have to say it like that. <laughs> okay. I have been going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with this. But I am going to say Lesnar wins the match, retains the championship. 
Just when Brock thinks, you know, everyone thinks like, oh God, Brock still has the title. Gonna be, when is he gonna lose? When is he just gonna end it all? What do you hear coming down to the ring? Brock! <laughs> Strowman comes down. Oh my down. God! Strowman come, I originally thought that Strowman would come in and make it a triple threat match. But you think it's better said for I the think, end? I think it's better to just let Lesnar and Reigns get it out of their system. Just let them. Just let the match get it over with. Lesnar retains the title, but Strowman comes down. Lesnar's been beaten down, and like, and and in this scenario, it works because people legitimately love Braun and they legitimately hate Lesnar. Right. And it doesn't make Braun look like a bad guy because he's coming down to fight a champion. Who has just had a you know a long who match? Who Braun has been calling out since WrestleMania, by the way? Yeah, maybe longer. He is the guy who should beat Lesnar for that title. Um, I mean, also another guy who should beat him is Seth Rollins, but he's obviously not in that Universal Championship picture. Right. So the person who should do it is Braun Strowman. He comes in. Braun Strowman cashes in Money in the Bank. He bell rings, picks him up. Power Slam, one, two, three, Strowman's Universal Champion, and everybody leaves SummerSlam happy. Okay. I'm going to take Roman Reigns to win the match. Okay. So I think it's, if you want to call it this, their best match ever so far. Um, I think Roman Reigns is bloodied up. I think he's damaged. You hear Michael Cole applauding him. He finally did it. He did this. He did that. And all you, and all of a sudden, oh, my God, it's Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens comes in, cashes in Money in the Bank, becomes the Universal Champion. Just when Roman finally beat Brock and finally got his hands on a Universal Championship, it's taken away in under five minutes. I think either way, the crowd is going to pop for either Kevin Owens or Braun Strowman yes. cashing in. Because they think, realistically, they've been evolving Kevin Owens' character where this scenario could happen. It could, but here's the thing. The Universal Championship has not had a long uh, babyface title holder. Every person has who was a baby. Face. It was Goldberg well, and was, Finn Balor for a day. Finn Balor held it for a day. Goldberg held it for like less than a month. Every other person was a heel. Kevin Owens was a heel. Brock Lesnar currently is a heel. Right. So they'll portray Owens as a heel, and I think the Universal Championship needs a solid babyface title holder to solidify the championship because right now the championship is just a joke. Mm hmm. It Absolutely. Is, it is a joke. Well, I think either Braun or Kevin will legitimize it. Kevin had a great run as champion. I'm not saying that Owens won't legitimize it and it won't be, and you know he won't have a good reign. It's just Owens is a heel right now. No, I, you're right. I think you need a babyface, a successful working babyface like Braun Strowman, not like Roman Reigns. I think Strowman walks out regardless of the end of the night. I think he walks out with the Universal Championship. Do you think this leads to the Roman Reigns heel turn? Your scenario. No. Because I won't believe a Roman Reigns heel turn unless I actually see it. <laughs> I have to agree with that. Um, so let's end with that. Regardless, should be an interesting and amazing takeover and a below-average SummerSlam um, with the it way could, things are going. It could surprise us because with the, way th with the way things are going, with people kind of having low expectations, usually with low expectations, shows are pretty good. Look at well, WrestleMania 31. Well, you see that TV right there, CJ? If nobody cashes in money in the bank, that's being thrown out the window. That's so, a very nice TV. That's kind of stupid. Yeah, it's a very stupid idea, <laughs> but I'm not a very you know smart person. Not a very smart man. Um, so let's wrap up with... 
with that, this has been the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. We'll Thank be you back. for tolerating us. Thank you for tolerating us. We'll be back next week, of course, to recap TakeOver and SummerSlam. We're going to discuss All In in a couple of weeks. we got a lot more things to do in regards to talking about the world of pro wrestling. Remember, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Shut the hell up. And we will see you next time.